Chapter Twenty Six of The Lone Ranger Rides. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Lone Ranger Rides by Fran Stryker. Chapter Twenty Six Disaster Gets Organized. As Wally descended the stairs after his talk with the masked man, his nonchalance crystallized into a grim resolve that transformed his personality. He paused at the bottom of the flight and glanced up. The enigmatic man with the mask apparently had returned to Bryant's bedroom. Then Wally opened the front door and stepped to the veranda. Half a dozen of the ranch hands were there with ill-concealed curiosity. Wally spoke softly but without a trace of the careless ease that marked his style at other times. "'Go back to whatever you were doing.' he ordered. If you're needed, we'll send for you. But who was that masked man with Bryant? asked one of the men. None of your damn business, retorted Wally in a surly voice. Get to work and you'll be sent for later. He turned to another man. Has Gimlet been buried yet? The lanky individual addressed shook his head slowly. "'We just tossed a blanket over him,' he said. "'We weren't sure what your plans was. "'He's still in the bunkhouse.' "'Wally nodded. "'Leave him there for the time being.' "'He swung through the door and headed for the upset living room. "'Had Penelope seen Wally in his present mood, "'she would have revised her opinion of him in a hundred ways.' He walked with a purposeful air instead of the familiar sauntering gait. His eyes, generally half-closed in boredom, were wide and divided by a perpendicular frown crease on his forehead. And those eyes were hard. His hands were clenched with such intensity that the well-cared-for fingernails bit into the palms. Hard fists in place of hands that strummed soft tunes of romance on a guitar the soft, full-lipped mouth was gone, and in its place there was the same hard line that Bryant Cavendish showed when angry. Wally was indeed a different person, a fop no longer, instead a man of purpose with cruel ruthlessness in every feature. He went through the living room without a pause and halted only when he reached the kitchen. He closed the door without a slam. Jeb sat with a woebegone expression on a heavy chair. Sawtell, as bland as ever, stood beside him, holding a heavy gun in one hand. At the sight of Wally, Sawtell spoke. He started to make some complaints a little while ago, and I tapped him on the head. I don't think we'll hear any more from him. Wally glanced at his lean brother. There was a cut somewhere beneath the stringy hair on the left side of Jeb's skull. Blood, seeping from it, had dribbled down his cheek and stained his collar. Jeb's eyes held an unvoiced but pathetic plea. They resembled those of a hog-tied calf suffering the torment of a branding iron. Wally said, "'Better gag and tie him. I'll decide later what's to be done.' Sawtell nodded, dropped his pistol in a holster, and proceeded with the tying, while Jeb, 
who knew that a voiced complaint would simply mean another crack in the head, made no resistance. Lonergan sat on the edge of the kitchen table, casually working on his fingernails with a carving knife. He glanced up, a question mark in his expression. There had been two others locked in the vault beneath the living room. They, too, were present in the kitchen. Lombard and Vince, sullen and dripping muttered curses as well as sweat, stood side by side, leaning against the wall with half-filled whiskey glasses in their hands. "'Are you sure?' began Wally. "'None of you knows who that masked man is?' He glanced from one to another, receiving negative headshakes. "'All I know about him,' grumbled Lombard, is that I spent a hell of a night in that damned wet cellar, and I'm going to square it with him. "'What about me?' snapped Vince. "'My joints'll ache for a week after last night.' "'You,' said Wally, looking at Lombard, "'stand at the foot of the stairs and make sure he don't come out of Bryant's room. "'Vince, you get close to the window and keep watch on the gap.' Yuma will be here sometime today with a warrant for Bryant's arrest and lawmen to act on the warrant. Why me? What's the matter with Sawtell or Lonergan? Wally didn't reply, but his cold-eyed gaze was quite enough. Vince grumbled his way to the window, as if he resented being ordered about by his own brother in the same fashion that ordinary outlaws were commanded. He dragged a chair to the window and sat down. "'This'll do for the time,' Sawtell suggested, as he tied the last knot in the ropes about Jeb's arms. "'Now what'll we do with him?' "'Leave him where he is until I finish speaking, and then we'll decide later what we'll do with him. I told you that already.' "'He knows too damn much,' said Vince. And he's too dumb to be any good to us. Why worry about him? Who, said Wally, is worrying? What about that masked man? What was it you said about Yuma coming with the law? It was Lonergan, the lawyer gambler, speaking. Wally explained briefly how Yuma's hat had been shot at by Bryant how both Yuma and the man with the mask were convinced that Bryant Cavendish was the leader of all that went on in the basin. "'That works out fine for us,' he said. "'We may have to lay low for a little while, but we've been needin' a rest anyhow. We'll sell off some of the cattle we've got here now, but wait till things cool off before we bring in any more.' He went into detail, explaining how the masked man's plan was to persuade Bryant to confess before he went to jail. "'And he figures,' he continued, "'on letting the law take you men back.' Sawtell shifted his weight uneasily, and Lonergan laid down the carving knife. "'There's a rope just a little too tight for my neck waiting for me if I go back to Red Oak,' Sawtell said. "'None of you are going back,' snapped Wally. "'Didn't I tell you when I suggested that you come here and help me out that I'd see you well protected?' "'Maybe,' suggested Lonergan. "'You've got some new scheme.' "'I have.' 
It better be good. Your idea was working out swell until Rebecca sent for the law. Then, instead of entertaining those Texas Rangers and convincing them that everything was all right here, you had to ambush them. As a lawyer, I advised against that massacre. I didn't ask for your advice, Lonergan. Well, there was a mistake to dry gulch them anyway. That won't stop other rangers from coming here to see what happened to them. I tell you, Wally, there's a great big rope, speaking in the picturesque way of the story writers, around all of us, and that rope is being hauled in tight. Like hell it is, barked Wally in a sharp reply. If you'll button your lip for a few minutes, I'll tell you how everything has worked out to put us in the clear. "'You weren't satisfied with that massacre,' the lawyer went on, accusingly. "'You had to kill Rangoon, then Gimlet, and last night Mort.' "'My policy,' replied Wally, his voice cold with suppressed anger, "'is to leave no loose ends. Rangoon couldn't be relied on. Gimlet already knew a few things, and thought a lot more.' Mort would have squealed his yellow head off to avoid being hanged. As for Yuma, it's a damned shame he didn't get a couple of slugs where they'd do the most good for us. "'I don't know why he was hired to work here anyway,' said Lonergan. "'He wasn't like the rest of the men.' "'Bryant himself hired Yuma, and God knows why. Anyway, it's the fact that Yuma is bringing the law that'll put us in the clear.' "'In the clear on what?' asked Lonergan. "'I don't know why in hell I take so much back-talk from you, Lonergan,' said Wally. "'I do. It's because you wouldn't have a ghost of a show in handling things after Bryant dies without my legal talents.' The lawyer studied his fingernails with exaggerated concern and again picked up the carving-knife. Now, what is this big scheme of yours that's to put us in the clear? My own suggestion would be to go to Bryant's room and get the drop on this masked man, then— I'll do the talking from now on, Wally interrupted. In the first place, there's the murder of Rangoon to be accounted for. Well, that masked man and the Indian friend that went to town with Penny were both in the clearing. All right, we'd blame Rangoon's death on them. As for Gimlet, Yuma had a lot better chance to kill him than I did. It's known that Yuma was on the ranch at the time. But no one knows that I came back from Red Oak by the Thunder Mountain route, knifed Gimlet, and went back to town. We tell the lawmen it's Yuma who killed Gimlet. I'll accuse him of it when he gets here, and let him try to deny it. Penny herself, if need be, will have to say that Yuma was here at the time." Lonergan nodded. "'So far,' he said, "'you're doing good. Go on.' "'As for Mort's death, hell, that's easy to blame on the masked man. Everyone in Red Oak has already accused him of murder and Mort. Everyone in town heard him yell to that white horse of his when he carried Bryant away. Why, public sentiment is with us. 
there ain't anyone in town that wouldn't blame the masked man for killin', not only Mort, but Bryant as well. It sounds swell to me, admired Sawtell. All but for the fact that this masked man and Bryant are both upstairs and livin'. That's a detail that's going to be taken care of pronto, stated Wally. My story, which Vince will back up, being that none of you others dare show yourselves, is that the masked man brought Bryant here dead. I shot him for it after a hell of a fight. Wally looked proudly at Lonergan. Now, what's the matter with that? Lonergan pondered and then said, those two are still alive. That's the only trouble. It won't take long to remedy that. We go up to Bryant's room, burst in, and start shooting. Get Bryant and get the masked man. I took the trouble to bring the key with me, so the door won't be locked. By looking through the keyhole, I'll make sure where the two of them are, and then when we go into the room, we won't be shooting blind. We can't miss. The more I hear about it, said Sawtell, the better it sounds. It'll be a big relief to have Bryant out of our way for keeps. He's been a nuisance around here. We had to let him live until we had things arranged, explained Wally. But now there's no more need of him. It'll not only get rid of Bryant, added Sawtell, It'll clear up the murders around here. I suppose you've got some way all worked out to blame the killing of those Texas Rangers on him? The masked man will be blamed for those. It's well known that he and the Indian are pards. Their footprints are both up there on Thunder Mountain, where the buzzards are cleaning off Rangoon's bones. The Indian's footprints are near the graves of the Rangers. Any lawman could put in two together and get the answer that the masked man and Indian killed him. If the redskin tries to deny it, who'll listen to him against the evidence? Lonergan laid down the knife methodically and slid from the edge of the table to his feet. Wally looked at him defiantly, as if daring the lawyer to find a flaw in the plans. There was a mixture of surprise and admiration in the way Lonergan looked at Wally. "'I didn't think,' he said, "'you had it in you. I'm damned if it won't work.' Wally's deep-rooted respect for the adroit brain of the lawyer made him glow with pleasure at a compliment from that man. "'As I see it,' said Lonergan, "'there's just one little flaw in the plans.' "'What's that?' demanded Wally. "'The story you figure on telling won't account for a lot of bullet holes around that bedroom of your uncle. Have you got a way around that worked out?' "'Of course. We tell the law that Bryant was shot in front of the house and that I shot the masked man for it in the same place. Both corpses will be on the porch.' and there won't be any reason to go into the bedroom until after we have the chance to clean it up. That, said Lonergan, will do it. I've had a hunch, contributed Vince from his post at the window, 
that Bryant's been suspectin' things for some time. I'll be damned glad to see him done away with. With him and Penny out of here, we won't have to be so damned careful about every move we make. Wally nodded. After the law is satisfied, he said, we'll go on just as we have been. Vince will take charge of things, while I'm tomcatting around Red Oak and playing the part of a girl-crazy Romeo, while I listen for news about cattle ranches that are just inviting visitors like us. The leader of the group sketched a few details of his plan, then said, I want all of you to go upstairs with me. Keep your guns drawn and keep still. We'll take Lombard as we go by him. When the fireworks are over with, me and Vince will wait for Yuma to fetch the lawmen, and the rest of you can hide. Now put Jeb down in the vault, then fix the room up as it should be. While you're doing that, I'll tell Lombard the plans, and then we'll all go up to Bryant's room. Jeb was still dazed from the ugly blow Sawtell had given him. He was limp and unresisting as the men picked him up bodily, hands and feet tied tightly, and carried him to the living room. They dropped him on the floor and replaced things where they belonged. Sawtell tossed the hunk of firewood to one side, then handed down the chair from its place on the tabletop. Lonergan kicked the chair toward a wall while Sawtell stepped to the floor and hauled away the table. It was Vince who opened the trap door, then rolled his brother Jeb into the opening. He laughed as he heard Jeb's body strike the hard dirt floor below. "'Don't get into no mischief down there,' he called. Then he closed the door and pulled the rug in place to conceal it. Meanwhile, Wally was with Lombard at the foot of the stairs. Lombard was grinning and nodded as the others joined the couple. He drew his gun and spun the cylinder to check it. A moment later, after a few last whispered instructions from Wally, the five were ready to go upstairs with disaster for the Lone Ranger. End of chapter 26